Welcome, guys, to Done With It podcast, episode number 10. And today I have all the way from Germany, a friend of mine with over 10 years experience in strategy, marketing, and sponsoring management. She has worked for the First Division Soccer Clubs and the Soccer Museum in Germany. She is a founder of a marketing agency focusing on strategic brand management and digital marketing. She also holds her bachelor degree in sports marketing and event management from the University of Applied Science and master's in economics from University of Applied Management in Germany. Besides that, she is also a nutritionist coach who helps people adopt healthy lifestyle habits and currently resides in Dortmund, Germany. Without any further ado, let me welcome Stephanie Schulte. Hi, Stephanie. How are you doing? Hi, thank you. I'm very good. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. No problem. No problem. So um, I know today's topic is a very personal topic. Uh, uh, before we get into that, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, your family, your educational background? Yeah, sure. So I'm 30 years old and um, I grew up with my sister, uh, my parents, my grandparents on the countryside in the Rhine-Ruhr area in Germany. Um, I've always been really interested in sports. So I did a lot of sports in my youth, like tennis to Kung Fu, everything, and a lot of soccer. Right now, um, I do a lot of CrossFit. And before I did bodybuilding, so I tried everything kind of. And when I was a teenager, right after school, I decided I wanted to do something related to soccer in my career. So I decided to study sport management and event management. And in the meantime, I also worked for some soccer clubs here in Germany. And um, as this wasn't enough, I did my master's degree in economics um, because I thought, um, yeah, I need some more background to really fulfill the management part of, of it, you know. So, yeah, then I uh, worked for the uh, soccer museum in Germany, which was great. I met a lot of people. Um, we did excellent marketing there right from scratch. You know, uh, it opened six years ago, I think. So I was there right from the beginning and it was a lot of fun. But at the end, there wasn't much perspective for my career. So um, I switched to a health insurance. Um, yeah, which was um, a very different side, but I was a sponsoring manager there. So I have, uh, I'm still there. So I have a lot to do with sports and sponsoring. And uh, yeah, I can still be in the, in the field of sports and marketing. And that's what I love about it. And um, at the beginning of this year, uh, I did like a little break. So I decided to cut down my working hours and I'm now free on Thursdays and Fridays because I wanted to set up my own marketing agency and become an entrepreneur. Not bad. Yeah, and it started right away. So um, I have two jobs that I enjoy now. Yeah. And, and do you, so in your marketing agency, do you cater more towards the sports section or uh, it's applicable to anyone, any industry? 
Uh, it's applicable to anyone. I do have clients from, from the sports side, but um, it's not necessarily uh, that it has to be from the sports side. Wonderful. Uh, that's awesome. So I know today's topic, as I had mentioned before, uh, we're going to talk about, you know, how you overcame depression and how you were able to find yourself. Now, you know, before we went on camera, we did speak about it like a lot of people have it, but, you know, a lot of people do not talk about it openly. So I want to, um, I have so much respect for you for coming on the podcast and talking about it openly because I believe that this awareness is very important, you know, for society to know. So uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, that being said, Thank you. what does depression mean to you? Well, on the one hand, I think it's a really dark and cold place um, without hope and you don't have your own will. It's a lot of desperation and loneliness. Um, but looking back at it from where I am now, everything that came after it um, helped me to develop the person that I am today and also to realize what I really want from life and what are my goals in life, you know? So it's kind of ambivalent for me because I know how hard and cold it is to be on the rock bottom of depression, but also it bring a lot of positive things for me. Well, at least the outcome is productive. Uh, you know, I also want to share some of the stats. Uh, according to World Health Organization, uh, globally, there is an estimated amount, 322 million people actually worldwide are affected by depression. And the, what's mind boggling, one of the facts that I came across was that depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. I did not know that. So uh, I guess I find these stats very interesting. Uh, so, so let me ask you now, when did you started experiencing you know, depression or anything specific that you believe it led to it? Mm -hmm. So I was reflecting on this question before, right. and I think that it started quite early, like when I was in school, um, when I was 17 or 18, right before graduating from school, I felt a lot of pressure for myself. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't like to go to school anymore. I had days that I woke up mm -hmm. and left the house, but turned around and went back into my house because I didn't want to go to school anymore. And I was crying and I was begging my mother not to take me there because I actually didn't want to go there. I was scared and I felt like I couldn't handle it anymore. And I wanted to leave school. But um, I wanted to ask you, so, so was there any specific reason why you did not want to go to school? You said you were scared, right? Yeah, I think it was the pressure I felt. Um, the pressure I put on myself and the pressure I thought everybody else had on me. Like... Okay teachers, my parents, even my friends, I thought they were expecting like me being perfect. Right. Um, but I knew I couldn't be perfect, you know? Um, well, I'm not that good in mathematics, but right. on the other side, I might be good in, in languages, but you cannot be perfect in, in everything. But That's I right. thought I had to, to satisfy and that I can earn love 
from being the perfect daughter, uh, student, whatever. Um, yeah. Okay. But at the end, my teachers and my mother persuaded me to, to not quit school and mm -hmm. to keep on going. So I graduated. And when I went to university, it, it was better again because it was a new environment, new people. And um, I felt I did something that I really enjoy. So how old were you when you went to the university? What uh, I was the... 19 when I started university. You know, the reason why I ask is because uh, according to Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Association, adolescents aged 12 to 17 years has the highest rate of major depressive episodes followed by young adults 18 to 25 years old. So, so, yeah. so that is why I wanted to know when you said you were 17 when you were going to school and you started experiencing it and then it kind of carried on towards the university, correct? Yeah, you know, when I was younger, like 14, 15, 16, right. when, when I was in puberty, I really had problems with my body and I'm, I'm really small and people were talking about it behind my back or right into my face. Maybe today you would say I was being bullied, but bullied. it's yeah, not what true. I felt, but I just felt that I was not um, the same with everyone else. Okay. I, I was kind of outstanding because mm -hmm. of my hate, not, not being so tall, you know? Okay. Um, and it made me really angry. So sometimes I, I came home and I was so angry and I was fighting and screaming and throwing myself on the floor and looking back, my therapist said that this could have been a kind of depression already. Okay. But we don't know because I didn't talk to anyone about it before. So it just fits into the story because uh, there was a time when I couldn't handle being the person who I was. Maybe it's normal in puberty. Yes, probably with girls. Right. Yeah, they, they have problems with their body. But on the other hand, I was really aggressive to myself, to my mother, not openly in public, but at home. You were. So, so, so let me ask you now, when you were going through all of this, who did you reach out to? Who was the person who you reached out to? And were you able to get that support that you were looking for? Um, at this time, I was talking to my mother a lot. Okay. But quite later, after university, uh, when I was already in Frankfurt, um, where I actually met you, right? Um, right? I was working in the gym where we met. Yeah. And I didn't feel really comfortable there. Um, I was in a toxic relationship, so my depression got worse. Um, I kind of slided into it. I didn't realize it, but I just went to the gym. Uh, I worked some days, and on the other days, I just stayed at home. I didn't eat. I didn't do anything that I enjoyed. So mm -hmm. at one time, I was sitting at my home, and my mother was visiting me, and I was crying the whole time. So then mm -hmm. she said, um, I'm going to take you home right now because you are not healthy. Something is wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And my parents decided to take me home. And how, and long, ago, was, how long ago was that, Steffi? Um, well, it was about mm, six years ago. Okay. And it was a time span of about four to five months, I would say. So that's around the same time when, when I met you. 
six years yeah, ago. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you can tell. Um, I think no one on the outside realizes it. Realizes it. Um, I was really happy on the outside. I was smiling. I was um, meeting all the appointments. I was mm -hmm. meeting expectations at work. Um, I was performing really well, but on the inside, I was, I was not myself anymore. Yeah, I, I was tired. I was um, crying. I was sad. I was angry. Like every bad feeling you can imagine, I was feeling. So um, yeah, my mother took me home. Mm -hmm. And um, because of that, I lost my job in the gym. But did she like, so my point is, when she took you home, did that help you a little bit before you will talk about like seeing a therapist? So that's my question. Like you said, your mom took you home. She saw you were not doing well. Did you see any change or was it the same? Um, yeah, I, it helped. But I wanted to stay there um, with my parents. Okay. But on the other hand, I felt if I did that, it was a big, I, I personally was a big failure because I took the decision to go to Frankfurt and to build a life there. Mm -hmm. And I didn't succeed. So after I lost my job, I started looking for a new job, which I actually found in Frankfurt. But I didn't make it back to Frankfurt. I was always okay. planning like, yeah, tomorrow is the day where I start my job. I have to go there. But on that day before, I actually had a breakdown in my city on the street. Okay. And again, my mother had to pick me up, bring me home, talk to me. And I don't know. I couldn't stop crying. Um, mm -hmm. So I was also the days before I was... Um, in, in bed the whole day. I couldn't get up. I couldn't get up to shower. I couldn't brush my teeth, anything. I was just crying or sleeping. That was mm -hmm. the only opportunity. And um, so at the end, my mother was a person who said, we have to stop this. We have to take it to the hospital because I openly told her what I was feeling and she was literally scared that I would die. So, 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 so let me, let me ask you now this, I know you have covered a lot. So how did it impacted living with your own self, your habits and relationships, you know, such as with family, your friends, what was going on? Like, I know you said you were aggressive, but is there something else we are missing on this from your end? Mm. So I think the thing that kept me alive in Frankfurt was going to the gym every day. Okay. Um, I had a little routine, mm -hmm. but still it was unhealthy because I didn't eat on the other hand. And you know, if you're not nurtured, you cannot give a hundred percent in the gym, you will collapse from it. So I was really thin. My body was not able to live through the day. Mm -hmm. um, so I was tired. Um, I didn't want to see anyone. I didn't want to speak to my friends. Um, I just wanted to stay alone in my bed and wait for something to happen, what I don't really know it was, you know? So right. I, I was praying that someone was coming and take all the pain away from me. But of course, that would not happen. And I know that my sister 
um, she lived with my parent at this time as well as well. Mm -hmm. So she didn't want to be at home and hear me crying all the time. Mm -hmm. And also my father, he's not the emotional type. He couldn't deal with it. He was telling me like, hey, you're 24 years old. Please like get your shit together and go get your job, go work. Like everyone else can do it. Why can't you do it? He couldn't understand what was going on. I think, and, I, think he, I think he did, but being a father, he just wanted to be assertive and reinforce yeah. positive affirmations inside you. Because you know what? I mean, if your father will become soft, you know, it will be a little bit challenging for your mother also to cope with you. So I guess, you know, maybe, you know, men work differently than women in terms of discipline and like, you know, saying things to kids. So, um, yeah, so even uh, if you don't know what depression is and what it is doing with your inside, um, you don't know what is right to say and what is wrong. Of that course. is true. So, so, so let me ask you now. So I know you said that your mom said, okay, now we're going to take you to the hospital. So what treatments were suggested to you? And did you have any expectations? And if yes, then were they actually met? That's my question. Yeah, so my mother took me to our, I don't know what you say, is a general, general practitioner, something like this. Okay. And like a doctor you just can go to with everything. So is it like a general physician? Because if you are suffering yeah. from depression, you usually go to, uh, like, I think, psychiatrists and, you know, uh, hypnotherapists, yeah, those people. Yeah. So um, she uh, said, well... Um, I can give you medications mm -hmm. and my mother said well um i think she needs more help like on the daily basis mm -hmm. and then the doctor said okay um if you want it she asked me we can advise you to the hospital and i was like i didn't care at that time anymore uh, i just wanted someone to help me or that this all ends so i agreed which was definitely the right thing to do Mm -hmm. um, and on the same day, my mother took me to the to the hospital. Um, the funny thing about this is that um, on the weekend, on the coming weekend, I wanted to go to um, Spain to a, a wedding of two of my friends. Mm -hmm. So my um, my backpack was already packed. So I just went home, took my backpack, and we drove to the hospital. Um, and it was, um, I came into a unit that was closed, mm -hmm. so I couldn't give it because um, they were scared I was trying to kill myself. Um, so they, they take away any belt, any shoelaces, whatever you have. So, so I just want to interject on this. Uh, I want you to continue on that because my next question was, were there any times when you felt like giving up, you know? And then if that was the case, which it seems like from the action of the hospital staff, what kept you going? So, so can we revert back? So when you said they put you in this room where they took the shoelaces off or whatever, because they thought you would kill yourself. And then how did that kind of into like, what was the next step? There? Yeah. So um, over the weeks before I got hospitalized, I had the feeling of, I just want to end this, mm -hmm. not necessarily my life, but
but I just wanted to end the pain and and what I had to endure mm -hmm. um, because I couldn't I just couldn't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but what what solutions do you have when you are lying in bed? It's like thinking about how can I end it? Um, yeah, you you definitely think, and I definitely thought about taking my life, mm -hmm. but um, I couldn't handle imagine how my family would feel about it. Mm -hmm. So I talked to my mother about it, and I told her what I felt, and she told me what she felt. So it actually, yeah, I I didn't even have the strength to to continue thinking about it or mm -hmm. actually do it and i didn't i didn't want to do it but it was my only solution at that time In so that mind. was also a reason uh, why my mother took me to the doctor because uh, she slept uh, in my bed with me to take care that i would not do anything so is it correct to say that your mother was the support that kept you going she was the answer. Yeah, absolutely. My mother, my, my family, yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so then, so were you given some treatments? How long was the treatment? What's, what was that? So in this unit, which was actually closed, um, I mean, you could walk around in this unit, but you could not leave the unit alone, mm -hmm. only with a nurse or friends or parents. Um, I was there for five days, I think, mm -hmm. only to sleep and to rest and to get a kind of clear mind because I was totally confused. My feelings were all over. So I just came down a bit in this in this unit. Mm -hmm. And then they offered me to be transferred to another unit where um, I would get uh, therapy. So I stayed there for about four to six weeks, if I remember correctly. So is and that more like a rehab, rehabilitation center? Uh, yeah, it was integrated into the hospital. It was just a unit, but I think they do pretty much the same. I think the system in Germany and the US is a bit different. So I think it's pretty much the same. So, so when you say therapy, what kind of therapy was prescribed by them? Um, talking to a therapist two times a week, um, mm -hmm. gardening therapy, a lot of sports and movements therapy, um, therapies like dancing or acting, um, jumping on a trampoline, um, a lot of things that get you moving and that gets your hormones working again. So your endorphins, your dopamine. Um, and I also got um, sertraline um, as medication. Okay. Uh, but but I couldn't take it. Um, I got the worst stomach ache ever, um, because the problem is the side effects um, be, um, start before it actually works in the way it is supposed to to be working. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Um, so I stopped it and uh, I got fluoxetine um, after it um, on a moderate dose. It's just to support because um, I had the problem. I couldn't sleep at night and I wanted to sleep in the morning. But in this unit, I was forced to wake up at seven o'clock mm 
-hmm. and to go to get breakfast, get my medication, go to the therapies, have lunch, go to the therapies, have dinner and go to bed around 10. So you have a structure again in your day. You learn to structure your day and yeah, you have you have to be willing to be there and to work. So now that was for four to six weeks. So when that ended, uh, my question to you is, did it help? Did it help eradicate the depression you had? <coughs> Sorry. Um, I always say that I felt better. I was mm -hmm. stabilized, mm -hmm. but I was not healed in any way. If I would have stayed at home, I would have been depressed again right away. So what I did, I went to another institution where I received um, ongoing therapy mm -hmm. every day. So I had to be there for breakfast and stayed until 5 p.m. Mm -hmm. And I had um, therapies again, like uh, sports, um, woodwork, um, talking to therapists. And um, yeah, I would go home in the evening and sleep at home. Okay. For another two months, I guess. And after that, I felt much better because I knew I could handle, yeah, being independent, mm -hmm. like driving there, going there, going home and also seeing my friends in the afternoon again. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the year, um, this therapy was finished. And um, from that point on, I was seeing a therapist once a week for about two years. Like it was a behavior, behavioral therapy, behavioral right? Therapy. Yeah, that is correct. Um, so I learned a lot about myself. Um, so, about so let me ask you now. Uh, go ahead. Let me let yeah. me have, please go ahead. Like about what kind of things do trigger me? Mm -hmm. uh, what makes me angry? Why do I feel angry? Uh, what what do I want to do next? Like mm -hmm. uh, I decided um, to move out of my parents' house real quick mm -hmm. and to find a job. So I moved to Dortmund um, mm -hmm. because I found a job in the soccer museum. Mm -hmm. And that really helped me to have a job and to go there every day. And I tell you, the weekend was the worst because I was at home and I didn't know what to do with the time I had. Because when you're depressed, you don't enjoy anything. Even what I enjoyed most in life was sports. Even if I went for, for a walk or for a run, I couldn't enjoy it. So I had to learn uh, what to do with my free time again and what I do enjoy and what maybe I, I, I don't enjoy, but uh, to figure out what I want to do with my free time. So, so let me ask you now, how have things changed since then? Um, could you just elaborate on that? Yeah. Um, this is like two years you went to the therapy. So after that, how have things changed for you? Mm, I think I'm more independent. Mm -hmm. 
like every year a bit but the most important thing for me was that two years ago I decided to do another therapy and that was what really helped me because I was stabilized um, I had some experience on being on my own being independent and in this last two years I think it made click like I wasn't depressed before but you know it's not like it's always up and down in life that's normal but being depressed the downs might be a bit more down than normal mm -hmm. so um i had to learn what can i do when i feel down um and before it gets really bad you know so to feel inside myself not mm -hmm. to rush through life because i think in our society we are sometimes like we know what is on for the day and we rush through it just tick the checkbox i did this i did this i did this and at the end of the day you go to bed you sleep and next day you repeat but for me it's really essential to stop in the middle of the day and to ask myself how do i feel how stressed I am, how tired am I, um, am I angry, am I happy, am I sad, and to care, take care about it. Mm -hmm. Like, when I, when I know I'm really stressed, I have to take a break, do some breathing exercise, or just cancel appointments in the day, because I know at the end, it's more important that I'm healthy mm -hmm. and mentally stable, than that I fulfill expectations of someone else so i think this is the most important thing that i learned and uh, that led to my decision to cut down my working hours in my current job and to try to be an entrepreneur very good very good uh, so why why is speaking openly about this topic so important to you it's a very personal mm. question but i think yeah myself and the audience would love to know. Yeah. So I realized that I was always open about what I felt and what I had. But I realized that when I talk to people about it, um, a lot of people say, yeah, I've been there. I've done that. I know how it feels. But they are not open about it because people are ashamed. Um, people are scared. Um, to be judged. Um, the illness is stigmatized in society mm -hmm. um, because people think that um, people who are depressed are lazy. They just have to get their shit together, like my father said, you know. But if you are at this point, you can't. You have no hope and you have no will to do anything about it. Um, so I think the more people talk about depression and mental health in general, um, the more it will be normalized, like having a flu or a broken leg, you know. Um, yeah, there I think our world... Sorry, yeah, like an illness, yeah. Okay. So um, I think our world, like how we, we work in corporate companies, uh, we are used to perform on a very high level. Mm-hmm and not to show our emotions. Uh, we are asked to leave our emotions at home. So I don't know, even if my father had a heart attack, I would have gone to work, not talk about it, 
not show any emotion and just perform. But it's not healthy because in the inside, you worry. I did worry about my dad, you know, and I wasn't capable of performing as high as if it would have been a normal week. So I think it's important to just go to work and tell people like, hey, I have this and this problem. And um, today I'm not feeling good. So maybe I go home. I, I take mental health days off. Like people wouldn't call in sick because they feel like they can't get out of bed or just overwhelmed mm -hmm. with their emotions. People don't do this because they feel like, oh, it's just my feeling like, well, um, get over it, get your shit together and go to work. But it's not healthy. You know, you can, you can perform on a stress level like this normally and you perform on a stress level like this all the time. You, you can't stand it. It, it will it will kill you so, so let me ask you now so like in us here um, there are some corporate companies or a lot of them that offer uh, counseling services it's like a mandatory uh, requirement you know like they offer it to the employees in case if you're feeling overwhelmed because the corporate world is a very competitive world you know absolutely so, so i think that's one of the reasons they don't want you to bring your emotions when you come to work. Do you have something similar like that in Germany in the company's culture? I have never heard of it. There might be some companies, especially US companies probably, if mm -hmm. you have this system, um, that offer this, but um, I've never seen it in a company where I worked. Maybe like um, bigger corporate companies do have it, but I have to admit it was smaller companies that I did work for like thousand people, but mm -hmm. I think every company should have someone like this. Yeah, I think it will be a good uh, leadership kind of, you know, uh, qualities followed by a company. Uh, my, my main question now, the most important question that ties this whole thing together, are you able to find yourself now? Or were you yeah. able to find yourself? Absolutely. That's what I, what I was talking about um, when I had therapy like in the last two years. Mm -hmm. um, and it made like click. Um, I could figure out what I really want in life. Um, how valuable my mental health is for me. Because without mental health, I'm nothing. I cannot perform. I cannot... Uh, do my sports um, I will just lie in bed again probably so for me the most important thing is to take my rest uh, even if I might need more rest than anyone else mm -hmm. it's just doing what is good for me and I don't have to meet expectations of anyone else and that also included to end some relationships uh, or to put at least a little bit more distance um, in between some persons and myself. Well, at least, you know, there's always hope at the end of the tunnel. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, so the closing question, or, you know, what is your message to the audience who is watching this podcast? Uh, yeah. So the first 
But the most important thing is talk. If you feel depressed um, or any symptoms of it, talk to someone, a health professional, a teacher, a family member, a coworker, whatever, but just be open about it because I think in most of the times you are not able to get out of it alone. Um, because when you are depressed, you don't have the capabilities of calling someone. You are probably scared or you just don't feel like calling like a psychiatrist or getting an appointment. Sometimes it takes really long to get an appointment. So you need someone who goes there with you. You need someone who does the phone calls for you. So the most important thing for me is talk about how you feel every time, not when you're depressed, but always. And yeah, don't be too hard to yourself because standards in our society are really high. And I think we have to set priorities like for our health. Um, and yeah, as I already said, the most important thing for me is my mental health and my physical health. Um, because without health, you are not possible to do anything. Okay. Wonderful. Well, Kathy, I mean, listen, this has been a very interesting uh, podcast. Uh, and, you know, I just want to thank you for coming on this podcast, uh, sharing this information with the people so they are more aware of themselves, their state of mind. Uh, you know, so I, I'm, I'm, this is a very positive outcome from your end to come and talk about this, you know. So I just want to really thank you for this. And uh, listen, keep smiling, you know, keep spreading positive vibes. And, uh, you know, I will definitely love to invite you again uh, sometime in the near future. And, uh, yeah, I mean, thanks so much, you know. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for being so open to take this topic into your podcast. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Okay, guys, thank you so much for watching. If you like the video, please like, subscribe. Uh, once again, thanks, Steffi. Have a good night, okay? Thank you, guys. Thanks, bye.